0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the "Say As It Is" with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, EDI, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Welcome to this week's episode of Say As It Is With Pete, as we now enter the month of May and start looking at ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. But before we kick off this week's episode, I just want to say a very big thank you to everybody that responded to my call to arms to take part in current and future podcasts and thank you to all of those that have reached out and I will if I haven't already be contacting you to get you booked in to get those recordings done but there is still time for you to join onto a podcast so if you are interested then please get in touch um, and let's pick up that conversation. So without further ado let's get going on this week's podcast or as I say It's May, and this topic for May is all about ESG. So over this podcast and the next couple of podcasts, we're going to look at finding out what ESG actually is, give you a bit more information, but also give you some positive improvements, advantages, disadvantages, pros and cons to ESG, and also how it can impact both in the education sector, the hospitality sector, and the corporate sector, as well as how individuals we can apply ourselves to the ESG model and then also how we can utilize strengths within ESG. So let's get cracking and have these frank honest conversations. So my first kind of question is why has ESG become such a buzzword? And I hear it so, so much. So let's look at this a bit more. So. ESG obviously stands for, or not obviously, but it does stand for environmental, social, and governance, and has become a buzzword in the recent years for a few reasons. Now, first of all, there seems to be a growing awareness and concern among investors, customers, and other stakeholders about the impact that companies have on the environment and in society. As a result, companies are under increasing pressure to demonstrate their commitment to sustainability and responsible practices. Second, there is an, well, I should say, second there is growing evidence that companies that perform well in ESG matrixes, and that's such as Ecovalis, for example, tend to be more financially successful over the long term. Um, And investors are starting to recognize these and are incorporating ESG um, considerations into their investment decisions. And this also goes into tenders as well. As a lot of companies that if you're a supplier um, and you're offering a service, then a lot of companies are looking at whether you have ESG. Now, finally... Governments around the world are starting to take action to address issues such as climate change and social inequality, and companies that are seen as leaders in these areas are likely to benefit from favourable regulatory environments. But also, we have to think that overall, ESG has become a bug for us because it represents a shift in how companies and investors think about businesses, and it's important to have its impact on the world. It is no longer enough to focus solely on the financial performance, but companies must also consider um, their broader impact on the environment and society if they want to succeed in long-term business or succeed long term anyway so as you can see there is a benefit to to now why ESG has become such a buzzword Um, and before you'd have to create and show that you've got an environmental policy you've got a waste policy but now it's the more biggest focus and for example the UN um, have a 17 points to um, ESG which we will cover in another episode but as you can see, this, this word, ESG, is going to be a buzzword which will never go away. So, what is this ESG and its purpose within the UK? So, um, ESG um, has three broad categories of criteria used to evaluate a company's sustainability and ethical impact. So in the UK, the purpose of ESG is to encourage companies to adopt more sustainable and responsible practices in these areas. So it looks at environmental criteria, which refers to a company's impact on the environment, including its use of natural resources, carbon footprint, waste management, and offsets to mitigate climate change, or its efforts, I should say, to climate change. So it also looks at the social side. So the social criteria um, evaluates a company's impact on society, including its relationship with its employees, its customers, suppliers, and communities. So this includes issues such as labor standards, human rights, diversity and inclusion, and community engagement, so like social recruitment. And then the third part of the ESG model is governance and the governance governance criteria <laughs> refers to a company's internal management structures and processes. So this is including, um, you know, board diversity, uh, executive um, compensation, and transparency in financial reporting. So in the UK, there is increasing interest in ESG as investors. Customers and stakeholders, as mentioned before, are increasingly aware of the impact that companies have on the environment and society. So the UK government has also set ambiguous targets for reducing carbon emissions and promoting sustainability, which has put pressure on companies to adopt more sustainable practices. So the purpose of ESG in the UK, therefore, is to encourage companies to be more responsible and sustainable in their operations, which can benefit both society and the economy in the long term. And this is why a lot of companies are starting to move and show how environmentally friendly they are and how they're meeting those three elements of the environmental, social and governance part. And it's still out there that there are lots of matrices and organizations that are helping people get their ESG grading or standard or get them to that point where they are ESG ready. So why do companies in the UK need to be more ESG compliant and when by? You know, that's I think that's a key thing as well. So companies in the UK need to be more ESG compliant for several reasons. Firstly, there's increasing pressure from, as I say, investors and customers who are um, demanding that companies operate in a more sustainable and responsible manner. So, Companies that are not seen to be taking ESG issues seriously risk losing customers and investors who are increasingly prioritizing sustainability and social responsibility. You know, a lot of people, especially if you're a a provider giving a service, whether it be education, hospitality, or any other business, you have to demonstrate that you are working towards or have ESG because, as it says, there are other people that have a valid interest in this and want to see you doing it. So, secondly, there's an increasing regulatory environment in the UK that um, requires companies to take ESG issues seriously so the uk government has set ambiguous targets for reducing carbon emissions and promoting sustainability and uh, companies that are not taking action on these issues can and may face or get penalties from the government which you know it it, is quite tough you know and finally There is increasing evidence that companies that prioritize ESG issues tend to be more financially successful in the long term, as I've already said. So this is because companies that are committed to sustainability and responsible business practices are more likely to attract better investors and clients and customers um, who are looking for companies that are aligned with their values. So. In terms of when companies need to be more ESG compliant, the answer is now. Sorry guys, it's now or never. So companies should be taking action on ESG issues as soon as possible to demonstrate their commitment to sustainability and social responsibility. However, it's worth noting that ESG compliance is not a one-time event. It is an ongoing process that requires continuous improvement and monitoring. So companies that are committed to ESG will need to continually evaluate and improve their practices to stay ahead of the curve. So again, this is not a tick-box scenario, people. Once you start it and you're invested in it, that's it. It's got to keep going. So when we look at ESG, I know we've touched on it a little bit, but actually, you know, what topics are included in ESG? Because it's not, when we look at environmental, social and governance, I think that is the problem at the moment because we're all looking at it, but we're not too sure. Now, I've just gone for an eco assessment with my organization. And when I saw the eco Ballast, I was kind of like, oh my God, what the hell is this? There are hundreds of questions which are asking you to demonstrate a whole plethora of things and some things you think hang on a minute do we have this why is this even needed but this is all part of the ESG framework and model so you've got to think that ESG um, can include a wide range of topics covering environmental social and governance issues Some of those key uh, key topics within ESG are things like, so when we look at environmental, this includes topics such as carbon emissions, um, energy efficiency, waste management, water consumption, and biodiversity. When we're looking at the social side, this includes topics such as labor standards, human rights, employee engagement, so diversity and inclusion, health and safety, and community engagement. It also can look at your social recruitment e- e- side as well. And you know, look um, for those that know me. I attend the social recruitment advocacy group, um, and that's a great part of this. Um, but it's about that social side. And then number three, the governance. So this can include topics such as um, board diversity. Um, executive compensation, shareholder rights, ethical behavior and transparency in financial reporting. It also can contain things like career progression. It also looks at you know sustainable procurement, what training you've got in regards to um, bribery and corruption, what cyber um, security you've got. So, there are other topics Um, that may be included in that ESG, especially in the UK. as I said, it could also include your GDPR, so your data privacy, as I said, your cybersecurity, your supply chain management, and also looking at responsible sourcing of new or raw materials. So when you're looking at purchasing something, are there certain processes you go, go through? What ethical audits are you doing? And it's also worth noting that the specific topics included in uh, ESG will vary depending on the industry and the company. So companies operating in industries with a significant environmental impact, such as say mining or energy, may be expected to prioritize environmental issues, while companies within the service sector may be uh, expected to prioritize social and governance issues. So overall, ESG is a um, broad and an evolving field and it keeps changing, it will change all the time and be updated. So companies need to stay informed about the latest developments and best practices to ensure that they are addressing the most relevant issues. So as I say, you know, look, it, it covers quite a bit. So. You're going to have to look at those and even when we look at it a little bit more. So if I go into dig even further into environmental, you know, you're looking at climate change, reducing greenhouse gas emissions. You're looking at um, transitioning to renewable energy sources and managing your carbon footprint. It's also looking at resource efficiency. So minimizing your waste, increasing uh, or sorry, increasing energy and water efficiency. And promoting a circular economy practices. It can also look at biodiversity. And for those that are not sure what biodiversity is, this is about protecting ecosystems and conserving natural resources and uh, mitigating negative impacts on biodiversity. But when we also delve a little bit more into the social side, we're looking at the human rights elements. So, um, you know, respecting human rights and avoiding labor and human rights violations. It's also looking at the diversity inclusion. So promoting diversity inclusion within the workplace and avoiding discrimination. So that's also within your recruitment processes, the training you offer, um, all those kind of things. And then the community engagement. So this is engaging with local communities, support, um, supporting social initiatives and addressing social challenges like recruiting from diverse backgrounds and then the governance if we look at that a little bit more that's going into corporate governance and maintaining effective board structures promoting transparency and ensuring ethical behavior it's also looking at executive compensation and what that means is about aligning executive pay with company performance and shareholder interests And then kind of the risk management so identifying and managing risks related to esg issues and incorporating them into decision making processes so as you can see when you dive down more and more into those three areas of esg there's a lot more to it than you would normally think so is esg worth it or not well Yes and no. And, I, you know, I can't provide, you know, a definite yes or no, whether it's worth it or not. However, I will say this. There are several reasons why companies may find it beneficial to prioritize ESG or environmental social governance right now. As I said, there's four part, there's, there's four reasons why, and I'm going to go over those. So, number one. It's about your investors and customers demand. So many, as I said, many investors and customers are increasingly prioritizing sustainability and social responsibility when making investments and purchasing decisions. So companies that prioritize that ESG or ESG issues may be more attractive than uh, to those stakeholders and therefore have a competitive advantage. So if you're showing that you're investing or working towards that part, then customers will be more loyal and work towards being with you and buy and purchase from you. Second, long-term financial benefits. So companies that are prioritizing ESG may benefit uh, from reduced costs, um, which can look at increased revenues and Um, empowered brand reputation over a long term, or not empowered, but improved brand reputation, sorry. So it can help improve your brand reputation in the long term. And then regulatory compliance, which is number three. So there is an increasing regulatory uh, environment um, in many countries, including the UK, that requires companies to take ESG issues seriously. The companies that fail to comply with those regulations may face fines and other penalties. So it's, it's key that you invest in that part of it as well and look at the regulatory, regulatory compliance. Um, and there's a lot of long words for me today, and I've written this script, so uh, do bear with me. But yes, it's best to comply because you're looking at things like human rights. And when you're looking at human rights and labour laws, You're also looking at young people or child labor laws and things like that. And these are all things to think about and consider um, and whether they apply to your organization or not and whether you need to review them and have them in place just in case. And then the fourth point of this is your risk management. So addressing ESG issues can help companies identify and manage risks uh, related to sustainability and social responsibility. So this can uh, mitigate potential um, reputational damage and other negative impacts. So overall, why there uh, may be upfront costs associated with prioritizing ESG, um, there are many potential benefits that companies may find valuable in the long term. And look, there is a cost. There are lots of different um assessment tools out there and I've mentioned EcoVallis for example and you know if if you want to uh, get in touch and talk a little bit more about EcoVallis then please do um and I'm more than happy to give you some advice and guidance and talk you through it but again that's a great assessment tool to see where you are now and what you need to do to improve and get yourself to a high level of showing that you're prioritizing ESG um so You know, it's key that as companies we continue to look at it. Um, And as I said, you know, the UN have the 17 key points, but also, you know, it's going back to your investors, your suppliers, your stakeholders, you know, the people that are buying from you, you know, or using your services. They want to see that investment, they want to see that you are becoming environmentally, social, and governance within that element. So there may be pledges. So if you're currently working towards a certain thing within the ESG framework, you may wanna put a commitment or a pledge in to say that you're working towards it. So ESG is a big thing and it's not going away guys. It's gonna be here forever. So hopefully that's given you a little bit more information about you know why ESG is such a buzzword you know why esg has a purpose within the uk you know how do companies in the uk become compliant but also um what esg actually covers and goes into and whether it's worth it or not and you know over the next couple of episodes we will look at this in a little bit more detail as i said we'll look at some of the pros and cons um the advantages and disadvantages we'll look at the you know positives and improvements Um, I will you know we'll cover all sorts of aspects throughout this including looking at the three separate elements the environmental the social and the governance side to give you a little bit more insight so I hope that this episode is giving you a little bit more insight as I said Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode um, and I do feel that the next couple of episodes are going to be quite interesting and engaging on this one. But if you want to take part or have anything to say on the environmental, social, governance side, then please reach out to me and I'll let get you booked in to uh, one of the episodes. But until then, have an amazing bank holiday. Thank you for listening, and you can always catch up and re-listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Spotify, podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from. And until next Monday, have a great week.